thinking about, I don't know if I want to sue Larry Graham. I mean, it happened at his house at an activity. I mean, should I don't know if the Bible, does the Bible have anything to say about Christians suing Christians? I don't know look at it in there. But Ruth chapter 2, that's where we're at. Ruth chapter 2. Uh, some illness in Washington, so my uh, daughter and son-in-law are watching church tonight. So hello to Lydia and Caleb, appreciate you guys. And Ruth chapter 2, we're, we're talking here, this is really the third week, and I really am, am determined to finish up uh, this section uh, on this recompense or reward. But it's uh, Ruth has begun to get a reward. She doesn't think she deserves it, which is a great, really, a, it's just a blessing to see when people are grateful uh, I was just talking to Brother Nick about this uh, yesterday. It's actually uh, someone someone in our church we've been helping, and just super, super grateful, just uh, always so thankful. And, you know, I don't, I'm sure you feel the same way I do. You crawl over glass to help people like that, where then there's some folks that are expectant and they're entitled and they uh, ne- you never hear thank you. you just, uh, they just kind of expect the things to happen to them. That's not the one you want to help as much. Now, Brene Brown said what separates privilege from entitlement is gratitude. And uh, so Ruth was very grateful, and, but she needed some reassurance, and then Boaz gives it to her. We're, we're just overlapping a little bit from last. Uh, but, but he gave her some reassurance here, and uh, he gives her some praise for her performance in coming to Bethlehem. She had made some great decisions, and she had conducted herself in a godly way. I want you to go look at verse number 11. Uh, and Boaz answered and said unto her, It be, f- hath been fully showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and art come to a people which thou knewest not heretofore. Uh, this is in response to her question, Why are you doing this for me? I'm a stranger. I don't deserve this. And so he then p- brings back her testimony. We talked, I think we started on this last week, but, or last time we were together, but her care of a Jew, that was the first thing, uh, all that is under the mother-in-law. Uh, she didn't come to Bethlehem for vacation. Okay, she came to help care for Naomi and to assist her in her needs. Then her coming to Judah, uh, how she had come to a people that she didn't know and uh, had left her father and mother, uh, in, left her leaving family. Obviously, it's not an easy thing to do, but You'll not do much for God if family ties come before God. I'm grateful for people that will uh, go where God wants them to go. I mean, we have folks like that in, in church. I think of uh, my, my wife is the only one of seven children that doesn't live in the same state as her parents, never has since we've been married. We trape us kind of all over the place and serving and ministering in different churches and, and uh, going to the Lord once. Esther, I mean, came to South Dakota for, for Jeremy nonetheless and, and uh, sir serving up here and uh, you know it's a blessing though because it's not about it's not about what I want or what's you know the family comes first but the Lord comes first and so those are good testimonies Abraham had to leave his relatives in order to serve God so Matthew 10 37 he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me now we talked about this a little bit Sunday when you see those type of verses we're talking about priorities here and also, it's a good thing for us to remember in the Bible terms of emotion or terms of comparison. So, like Esau, have I hated? Jacob, have I loved? Esau, have I hated? He didn't hate him as in we would say we hate somebody, but it's a comparison term. He that hateth not his father and mother is not worthy to be my disciple. We're not, 
we're not t to hate them, but in comparison. That's what the Bible is referring to there. Uh, then her confidence in Jehovah was his third thing that he mentioned. The Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. She had forsaken the heathen gods of Moab to worship the God of Israel. So she didn't only leave Moab geographically, she left Moab theologically. And this was important. This was really her most important move here, following the Lord. Uh, notice also that this was evident. Boaz didn't have to ask if she trusted in Jehovah. He knew it hath been fully shown me. That means uh, they had been talking about it and, and uh, her testimony was well known. Now, we go on down and this is where this, uh, this chapter, this recompense, where the third, third part three, I guess you'd say, in recompense. But the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee, verse 12, uh, unto thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. So this is her, his prayer for her future reward. The Lord recompense thy work. That shows the source where it comes from. Boaz prays for God to reward Ruth with blessings, and no one blesses like God blesses. Amen? Uh, he often blesses through human agents. He's going to do that here through Boaz. By the way, when you ask or pray for somebody that God would bless them or God would uh, uh, provide a need for them, don't be surprised if maybe God will use you to do it. And this is what he did for Boaz, and he was the human agent for her reward. Now, I often think of James 2.16. And one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? The modern vernacular for this is, I'll be praying for you. Adios. That's a, the way we would say, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Uh, let's, let's take it sometimes a step further. Sometimes God wants us to do that and help actually provide the need. Secondly, not only the source of it, the Lord, but the size of it, a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel. The emphasis here is the word full. The Hebrew word translated full means complete, finished. He uh, prayed that Ruth would be given all the reward due her, that her cup would be filled to the top, and as the psalmist say, runneth over. She had been full in her dedication to come to Judah. Now, he wanted the full consecration to bring a full compensation. Uh, full obedience brings full reward. Remember the story, I, I've, I've heard preachers take others to task, and, and it's questionable, but I like the passage in the New Testament where it, Jesus tells Peter to throw down the nets. Remember that story? And uh, Peter didn't want to do it. He says, we fished all night and caught no fishes, uh, that song in Sunday school. And so didn't want to do it. Uh, then he said, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Jesus told him to let down the nets. Peter let down the net, and the net broke. I'm simple-minded, but I kind of feel that there were two nets worth of fishes in one net because Jesus said, throw down the nets, and he threw down, singular, the net. And what happens when your net breaks? You lose fish, obviously, so partial obedience brings partial reward. And I think you can see that in that passage there as well. So, if we feel sometimes like we're short on reward, let's remember that uh, we need to be full on obedience and uh, check that part. So then uh, look at verse 13 as we read on here. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for thou hast comforted me, and for, thou, for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaidens. This, <laughs> when grace is offered, grace needs to be sought. 
more grace. Uh, Ruth did just that. Boaz spoke of these favors he had for her. She quickly asked him for more favor. Grace to her encouraged her to ask for more grace. Now, this is true for us as well. John 1.16, of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace. There's always, God's grace is always needed, always necessary. And let's always continue to ask him for it. He, he, uh, if any man lack, let him ask. Let him find favor, let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord. She was wise in a request that she sought compensation on the basis of grace. Or, or favor is the word here. Even though Boaz praised her, just notice this, her attitude doesn't change here. Sometimes people do. They start to get a big head. Yeah, you're right. I did do all that. I am pretty amazing. Well, not, not her attitude at all. She continues to ask on the basis of grace, not on merit. It makes no difference how much people might brag on us or praise us. We never need to get to the point where we think we deserve it, ever. We don't need to get to the point where we start to depend on our merit rather than on grace for what God gives us. Because our merit, really, we don't deserve anything. We don't deserve our righteousness, our filthy rags. We really don't deserve anything from God. And so let's not go after merit, let's go after grace. Uh, Ruth's request was accompanied by thankfulness. Verse 13, thou hast comforted me and hast spoken friendly unto thy handmaid. Our uh, request for divine blessing should always be accompanied with thankfulness, appreciation. Just as I mentioned earlier, it's easy to help someone who's grateful. I believe it's easy for the Lord to answer the prayers of his children who are grateful. We need to be grateful. Psalm 100 verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Practically speaking, I think that means when we're praying, we ought to be thankful. When we're praying, we ought to praise him. And uh, th those not thankful for their blessings will cut them short. From when you were a little kid, remember when your parents, or you did it for your kids too, say thank you, say thank you. And uh, that we learn early on, we need to be thankful to the Lord too. Ingratitude never increases your blessings. Always cuts them short. Then look at Ruth's humility still in verse 13 as well. I be not like unto thy, one of thine handmaids. In spite of all the praise, Ruth still doesn't become proud. She, she, it shows here that she does not see herself better than anyone else. She pointed out to Boaz uh, that she wasn't an Israelite. She's already said that. And uh, that she was a Moabite. Paul told the saints in Philippi in Philippians 2.3, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. That's what Ruth's doing here. By the way, I read that verse, and I always have to stop and pause just to think. Can you imagine a family or a church where every member esteems other better than themselves? Stop and think about that type of environment. I mean, we... We'd all be tripping over each other to serve each other, you know. It'd be a, a different environment than it is. So, this bit of biblical instruction, one of the reasons it's so hard to see in a day and age like this is it competes with the self-esteem thinking of the day. And uh, I don't, the, the, the buzzwords that float around uh, that talk about all that self-esteem, uh, humbleness, okay, humbleness, humility, promotes character. 
Self-esteem does not promote character. So get this here. When uh, Ruth said, I be not like one of thine handmaids, I think that's interesting. She unwittingly calls attention to the very thing that drew Boaz's attention to her in the first place. She wasn't like the others. She was special. There's something about her to the point that Boaz took one look and said, who is that person? There's just a, there was some, and I, we can assume she was probably a pretty girl and that, you know, that sometimes gets the attention of a man, but still, uh, he went beyond that because he was very interested in her character. And uh, that, that spoke, struck a chord in his heart. Now, the, the reward mentioned here for Ruth is twofold, food favors and field favors. I'll just look at both of them real quickly. Verse 14, at mealtime came thou hither, come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her part corn, parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. You know what this was? This was their first date right here. This is the, he just asked her out on the first date, and she evidently said yes because they ate a meal together. Boab is a type of Christ here. All throughout the book he is, but in his invitation to come and eat. Christ's come and dine, John 21, 21, is like Boaz's come and eat. And uh, it's a blessing to see those uh, likenesses. But Ruth was a gleaner, and she was given... Uh, both of these by Boaz, Ruth sat at a meal with the reapers, uh, and this, this she was a gleaner, shouldn't have been there. She was below their status, this wouldn't be normal. And uh, Ruth had been humble, and humility, as we've said over and over in this uh, series so far, humility precedes honor. Psalm uh, Proverbs 15.33, the fear of the Lord is instruction of wisdom, and before Honor is humility. I think that verse has popped up in every single lesson about Ruth that we've had. We just see that all over her. She had taken a place lower than the maidens of Boaz. Now she's elevated above them. Let God lift you up. Man, if we could just grasp that. Instead of focusing our, on our promotion, if we would focus on our just obedience to the Lord, let him promote us. Then verse 14, eat of the bread, dip of the morsel, thy morsel in the vinegar. He reached her parched corn. Bread and vinegar, parched corn was on the menu. The bread was a hard, dark bread of that day. The sour, uh, the vinegar would be like a sour wine type sauce that the bread was dipped in. Uh, the parched corn was roasted heads of barley grain. And so he was treating her to a meal, a good meal in that day. Uh, she did eat, the Bible says, and was sufficed. He, he satisfied her appetite. She did not go away hungry from Boaz's table. Uh, again, another type. Nobody will ever go away hungry from Christ's table. This was demonstrated in his earthly ministry even. Did, did you ever notice the times Jesus fed people? Matthew 14, 20, they did all eat and were filled. Luke 1, 53, he hath filled the hungry with good things. Luke, uh, John 6, 26, you did eat the loaves and were filled. Remember when he, in, in John 21, when he fed the disciples, uh, got a fire going, cooked some fish for them when they came to the shore. Uh, Christ satisfies unlike anyone or anything else. And, of course, we can go down that road of men trying to fill that uh, desire in their heart with everything else in the world, but only one that satisfies is Christ. And then, see, after she was sufficed, she still had food left on her plate. She didn't waste the leftover. She got a doggy bag took it home and shared it with Naomi. Chapter 2, verse 18, she gave her, that's Naomi, that she had reserved after she was sufficed. Okay, Doggy bags are biblical. Amen? When they come and say, would you like a, would you like a tray to take that home? That's, that's what Ruth did here. Took it home to Naomi. 
Uh, this sharing was another act that showed her character, her generosity, her love in her heart for, uh, for uh, boy, both for Boaz, for Ruth, and then Ruth for Naomi. Uh, remember when Joseph gave Benjamin more food? He kind of showed his special love for him, and here's Boaz already doing that for Ruth. Uh, when the Lord gives, he gives liberally, and uh, that's a blessing. Then uh, verse 14 again here, verse uh, through uh, 15, she did eat and was sufficed. And then it says, uh, verse 15, when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and reproach her not. Now, I just want to point one thing out here. It could, could Boaz not just have given her a bag of grain and sent her home? I mean, here he's letting her bag whack back out to the field, back out to the sweaty, hot work, dusty work. And he did tell them, drop, I love this term, handfuls of purpose. Drop those down there. Uh, handfuls of purpose. Uh, that's in verse 16. And let, some, let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. He could have just gave her the grain, but still, and, and by the way, he's being very generous, giving her these handfuls of purpose, but yet she has to be out there, still working, still about her duty, still doing what she's supposed to be doing. And what a picture we have for that. God is still doing this for his people. He still puts that handfuls of purpose out there for us. But he doesn't often, in my life anyway, he hasn't brought it and dropped it in my lap when I'm kicked back in the easy chair. Okay, It's when you're working, when you're faithful, when you're doing your duty, you get those handfuls of purpose. And boy, we could spend a long time on that, but I'm not going to. Then uh, that the, uh, the, the fact that it showed Boaz's wisdom, it wouldn't promote her character if he just gave her a wagon load of grain and sent her home. Uh, his charity was not at the expense of work. I think this is important. God's I don't believe is either. I don't believe the, the Lord just... Get, somebody said God feeds the birds of the air. Jesus talked about that. But he doesn't put the food in their nest. they got to go out and hustle. they got to go out and find it. The early bird finds the worm. I, get, I always said that to our children because I like getting up early. None of my kids have liked getting up early. So I always tell them the early bird gets the worm and then they turn it around. Yeah, but the early worm gets eaten and you just can't win with kids sometimes. But, but uh, uh, here, uh, the charity doesn't come at the expense of work. Charity does not promote laziness. The right kind of charity doesn't. It shouldn't discourage those who are working hard already. That's why it bothers me to no end. We went to... Uh, my wife particularly likes the salad at uh, our Applebee's. So I took her over there for lunch the other day, and they're closed. Why they're closed? They can't find workers. Do you know why they can't find workers? People are still collecting unemployment checks. And that's not the right kind of charity. I'm not against helping people when they're down and out. we got jobs all over the place where they can't hire people because they're still getting checks. And that's not, I don't think that's, the kind of charity that God would have us to have uh, for people. So he, uh, he gave her charity, he helped her out, but she's still working for it. This promotes character. How did Ruth respond? I'm afraid if she were like so many Americans today, when gifts come, uh, she would take her ease, but uh, that's not what happened here. By the way, character, our real character, 
is revealed by how, how one reacts to blessing in our life. Many do well in adversity and do poorly in blessing. If you ever want to see an example of that, look at winners. If you ever want to read, get some interesting reading, look at past lottery winners. Sometimes you have people that, for the most part, live lawful, wholesome lives, got jobs. They buy a lottery ticket. They win millions of dollars, and they start gambling, doing drugs and drinking and killing themselves off early. Uh, because in adversity, they might have been all right, but in blessing, they failed. It was one of the greatest things about Joseph, that in adversity, he was a man of God, and in, in, in uh, prosperity, he was a man of God. Uh, we ought to be, by the way, it could be true for many of us that that's why God can't bless us with more. Just a thought. So the response of Ruth is different, though. She went to work. Verse uh, 15, and she did, uh, uh, verse 15, when she was risen up to glean, right after she had finished eating, she got up, went back to work. The eating was not an end in itself, but to give her strength to continue her work. So she used the blessing to prompt her to duty. I mean, am I making connection here? We could go all kind of uh, lessons on that, scripturally speaking, biblically speaking, for us. I mean, we don't get blessing just for the sake of blessing. We get blessing so that we can do more for God with it. So this brought, by the way, all the more blessing to her. So she uses blessing to work more and then gets more blessing for that. Inaction. Inaction means a lack of blessing. Setting around never does anything for us. We need to get busy in some way for God. She also worked lengthily. Look at there. Not only promptly, but lengthily. Verse 17. So she gleaned in the field until even. Ruth took advantage of the opportunities that were afforded her. And she worked a long time, worked all day long. Have you ever heard the phrase, when opportunity knocks, it's often dressed in work clothes? Have you? <laughs> I've seen that before. Uh, when my, I've watched my kids, uh, I always encourage them when they need money for something that they, they pray for work, not for money. They pray for an opportunity to make it because that's how you're going to get it. Favorable opportunities come our way not to eliminate labor, but to make it more productive. Opportunity, uh, which is favor, which is grace, you could say, should always increase our efforts. So she worked promptly, she worked lengthily, she worked diligently. Verse 17, she beat out that she had gleaned. She not only worked long hours, but she also worked hard. And then here it tells her when she was done with all the gleaning, then she threshed what she had gleaned. That beating out is basically threshing it. And that's hard work. All of this is hard work. Most people don't like hard work. And uh, that's a really the degradation of much of our society is because of that dislike of hard work, thinking that we have to have everything handed to us. I read this somewhere. There are three kinds of workers that you can see all three types when you move a piano. Okay, there's one that does the, uh, gets behind and pushes. There's one that gets in front and pulls. And there's one type that picks up the piano stool. Three types of workers. Uh, I thought that was humorous. Uh, a lot of people always look for the least amount of work to do. Um, but this is, by the way, threshing is only made possible if you glean. And if you don't glean, you're not going to thresh. But if you glean and don't thresh, you're not going to... Uh, the, the point here is she needed to work it, finish her job, get all the way to the end of it. She, worked, she was thorough. 
wasn't enough to clean or to glean. It was uh, it needed to be finished. So uh, James one twenty two is a great verse for this. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Don't be lazy. Uh, we ought to be thorough in our uh, both in in the jobs God gives us to do, and then also spiritually speaking. And so Ruth the Bible says gleaned nearly a bushel of grain in her first day, about 20 to 25 pounds that she gleaned uh, after it was threshed out. That is a very productive day for her. For two people, that would be a help to them. And so when you work long and hard, you will reap from your labor. Amen? The Bible says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. And I know sometimes uh, it seems heavy on the labor, light on the reaping. Well, first of all, we have no idea what kind of reaping is being done behind the scenes. You have to remember that uh, because God can use that song we sang tonight, little is much, when God is in it. God can use the little we offer. We never know what will come of it. I think of the, we have about, I think, four men or four families uh, help with the youth conference. Uh, people help with the with camp, sending kids to camp. Um, and more than likely, if, if you're like me, you know, you write that check and then you, a week later you kind of forget about it. You don't even think about it anymore. You have no idea what that does. You know, God can take that and make an impact in someone's life. And that can have eternal ramifications. And so we just need to be faithful. We just need to keep at it and uh, let, God use, uh, let God deal with the increase. Let us be faithful. Father, we thank you.